A new year. And the media always like to trot out the best of award shows and retrospective looks back. Okay, we're players. We'll play too. For the next hour, from the press box to press row, we'll be looking back at some of the highlights of our short time on the air. And because he's sitting behind the good mic in a custom-fit blazer, here's your host, Donald Ware. Happy, happy New Year. Hope you're having a great holiday season. Happy New Year to you and yours from all of us here at Box to Row. As you know, we're in our year-end review. And, of course, last week on the program, we took a listen back to some of our great conversations, our memorable conversations from the months of January through April. The likes of Joe Taylor and Leonard Hamilton and Mark Zetta Frazier and Bianca Belair, Nate McMillan. The list goes on and on. And so we're going to get things moving, continuing things, I should say, with the months of May through December on the program. And so uh, we're going to kick things off in this segment, looking at some of our memorable conversations from May and June. You can participate here on the program. What do you remember most about 2021 and what are some of uh, your New Year's resolutions for 2022? Hit us up via Twitter at Boxtorow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W-B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. Well, let's kick things off. We're going to start in the month of May. And Alabama A&M had just won the HBCU National Championship. Remember, we had a season in the spring. And Connell Maynard, the head football coach at Alabama A&M, joined us here on Box to Row. Thank you, uh, Donald, man. Not, not a lot's going on. Uh, just uh, taking it all in, man. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of trials and tribulations and changes and COVID and cancellation of games and fighting through and getting the team to buy in and just control what we can control. And finally it's all over and it's paid off, man. Yep. All of that, all of those things, particularly COVID, doesn't it make it sweeter? Yes, it does. It does, man. I mean, we went 33 games, 33 days, you know, in between games, you know, after our first game, our next game was 33 days. So you talking about sacrificing and, and buying in and believing and working hard and trying to motivate guys. Uh, it means so much more uh, for us to finish it and be able to uh, finish it off with a championship. Alabama A&M head football coach Connell Maynard. Also joining us in May, Troy Weaver is the general manager of the Detroit Pistons and is a Bowie State alum. Yes, Troy Weaver, a Bowie State alum, joined us to talk about it what HBCUs and Bowie State meant to him back in May, right here on Box to Row. Going to HBCUs, tremendous opportunity to grow as a person. A lot of friends there, uh, but a lot of professors there that poured into you. That's the most I remember from Bowie State, the professors there that really poured into you and believed in you and uh, wanted nothing but the best for you. Dr. Ingram and Dr. Miller in particular. 
two gentlemen who really poured into me and inspired me to be the best version of myself. And I think that's the secret sauce in HBCUs, uh, the professors and the environment uh, that you get where uh, the belief, the self-belief that you get to be the best version of yourself. So I'm forever grateful for that experience. Also joining us in May, Helio Castronoves wins another Indianapolis 500, and he came on Box to Row to talk about it. Look, the thing is, uh, let me tell you, not many people had the opportunity that I had, and I was so happy and so blessed. But the fun part of it, a lot of the fans wants to make this happen. So this has been so special, winning the a number four. I mean, we're talking about A.J. Foyt, Alan Senior, and Rick Mears. I can't believe I'm in the same group of these guys. I mean, these guys are legends. These guys are the God races, you know. So all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm just right there. It is, it is incredible. So I'm super, super happy, of course, for that. But can't think enough the fans, you know, and especially, you know, the partners. Auto Nation, Series XM, they, those guys believe in me. They gave me a phenomenal car. And, man, when you have those things happen, I was just a driver, you know, going around circles, and that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Indianapolis 500 winner, Helio Castronoves. Also in the month of May, we were joined by Kelsey Colzer, the first woman, black woman, to be a head coach at an NCAA institution and she joined us in May right here on Box to Row to talk about it. For me, it's it's obviously an incredible feeling, but I also feel this sense of it's time. You know, I think people are ready. It's you know, I, I feel this sense of you know, almost a bit of shock sometimes of just you know, thinking to myself, how has it taken this long to have, you know, the first black head hockey coach? Um, obviously hockey has not always been the most diverse sport. I think, you know, we're definitely making strides now to increase diversity, both, you know, amongst females as well as, you know, minority and, and, you know, people of color. But the position is something that I feel for myself, you know, I need to kind of take advantage of that and, and, you know, put my best foot forward so that, you know, for in the future, it's not going to be that big of a deal when you say, oh, yeah, my, you know, my, my coach is black. And that's, you know, just kind of going to be a part of the game. Lastly, in the month of May, we were joined by Sendog. Sendog of the group Cypress Hill. And, you know, if Sendog is coming on the program, we're talking not only Cypress Hill, but we're talking some sports with Sendog. Yeah, well, you know, I'm Cuban, brother, so <laughs> yeah. we have no choice. We have to love baseball. So. <laughs> Are you a so, good yeah, baseball you know, player? Yeah, man. Actually, I did. I did play a lot of baseball growing up. Uh, me and my brother, Melo, man, we were a you know, one-two combo. He pitched. I was a catcher. And, you know, we were striking fools out every game. You know what I mean? And uh, and for a minute, we thought, you know, we were we might have a career in baseball. And that's until – uh. We met this uh, thing called hip hop, and and that that changed all of that around, you know. Man, that thing called hip hop is something serious, and we're gonna talk uh, about that. So, I mean, I, you gotta be a, you're a Dodgers fan, right? Correct. Yeah. Heck yeah. What about the Angels? Like, what what about what about the Angels? You know, you know, the Angels are like, uh, how can I say, like, 
a side girl. <laughs> <laughs> you represent you LA know, all the cool. time though, right? Yeah, man. You know, they're cool and everything except for their, you know, their actual title, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim of California, of Newport Beach. That one. <laughs> um, I, I like some of their players, but I've always been an LA guy. I was, I grew up in LA and that's been my team. You know, when the angels do well, you know, I'm right there rooting for them, for them, for them to go as far as they could, you know, have been 30 years since the release of your self-entitled album, Cypress wow. Hill, which was absolutely incredible. Did you think 30 years ago that you would, you all would have had the success that you've had and still be doing this? No, not at all. I, I, not at all, man. I, I thought for sure that, you know, we would, uh, we'd be done by now. I'd, I'd have, I'd have moved back to doing something else in music or, you know, until something else, just anything but music. You have to understand that when we, when we came out back in the early nineties, there was no thing such as longevity. You know what I mean? No one had turned 20 years old in hip hop or anything like that. So you definitely saw it as something that we're, that we're going to do while we're young and hopefully make a little bit of money at it and, and then be able to move on to the next part of life. You know what I mean? And, um, but here we are, you know, 30 years later, you know, we still demand an audience and whatnot and people still come and, you know, and party out with us when we go live and all that stuff. So it's all been a, a major blessing, but, you know, to, to say like, you know, if you would have told me back then that you guys are going to do at least 30 years, I'd have been like, man, this dude, you know, he must be on something. Cause he's, you know, I would never, I don't think any of us would believe it, but the more we, the more we went on, and we went through a lot of highs and we went through a lot of lows as well. It wasn't like all, all gravy all the time. In the month of June, as we move to the month of June, here on our Listen Back 2021 Box to Row Year End Review Show, Dwayne Ross, in essence, I forget his title. He has a title. Uh, in essence, the uh, track and field coach, head track and field coach at North Carolina A&T, joined us on the program both the men's and the women's teams finished third and fourth respectively nationally. And Dwayne Ross joined us on Box to Row to talk about it. You know, as I mentioned before, people want to look past or find a reason. You know, instead of just saying, man, North Carolina A&T is the best program in the country. They got to put a label on it. North Carolina A&T is the best program in the country for an HBCU. Refuse to acknowledge what's obvious. They were not, you know, they just they they can't see it or they don't want to see it. It's, it's one of the two. Not, and that's because you know what our society is. I, and I sincerely believe that. So yeah. So I, I did have a uh, interview uh, a couple of days ago, and I mentioned that if, if you know mainstream media and, and other people they want to keep using that acronym the wrong way, then it should just be retired. You know, because we've been we're sick of hearing. Uh, you know, they're the best HBCU. They're good, and they're just an HBCU. They use it as if it's a, um, it's, as it's a, a negative. You know, and what I tell my kids, you know, and I've been telling them this for the last nine years, right? We're extraordinary. We're champions because we're an HBCU. You know, our culture, our people, you know, who we are. You know, my kids, they hear this day in and day out. You were born to be kings and queens, and don't forget that. And it doesn't matter what we're doing in life, right? You were born, right, to be the head, not the tail. So they believe this. And when we step out on that track, they, they know, right, that it's going to take a lot for someone to beat them, right? And it does. When we step on the track, we come to perform, right? And if you're going to beat us, you got to be at your best. It's just that simple. 
whatnot. So, yes, that acronym, we love our culture, we love our people, right? We love the fact that we're representing all HBCUs. You know, the world has got to, to wake up and understand that we are who we are because of that, not despite of, right? Every time they slip up and use it in an incorrect way, it's for us to tell them, no, this is how you use that, and, and don't forget it. So that's a wrap for the months of May and June here on Box to Row. We're just getting started here on the program, so sit back and relax because up next, we're going to take a listen back to some of the conversations we had in July and August. We're looking back from the press box to press row. So, it's about time Donald and the gang straightened up the studios. We'll do that and be right back with more from the press box to press row. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whitbeer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. All right, enough selling stuff already. Let's talk more sports as we bring you the very best of from the press box to press row. Here's your host, Donald Ware. Back here on Box to Row, it's our 2021 year-end review show. Once again, Happy New Year. And as you know, we're going to make mention of all of the wonderful affiliates around the country that carry Box to Row Radio and the channels on Sirius XM that carry the program as well. We're going to do that towards the latter part of the program. Let's pick things up in July. Lynn Thompson retired as the athletics director at Bethune-Cookman. And we had a chance to catch up with him and talk with him about his outstanding career in taking Bethune-Cookman from where it was 30 years ago to ultimately where it is now and in part Bethune Cookman is in the swag. Well, let me let me just say this first. Um <clears throat> you called uh Shaw University a great university and you're absolutely right. A, a small university, a one that gets it done regardless of what the budget or enrollment may seem like. Uh I don't care what school you call. It could be UCLA, Notre Dame, Penn State, Hampton, FAMU, Morehouse, Bethune Cookman. When you cut it down to the core down Schools are made out of two things, buildings and people. And we just could not afford to focus always on buildings. And so I had to turn my energy to the people. Because at the end of the day, the buildings are not going to graduate you. It's the people who are going to have the impact on the lives of our young people and our students. And so we endeavored to make sure that we had the right staff. 
the right support personnel around our student athletes. And that is what Dr. Bethune did, the values, the legacy. And, uh, and when we recruited our student athletes, I made sure I met with every student athlete on their official visit because the buck stopped in my office. And I had to make sure that they knew it as well as their parents and that regardless of whether or not we had all the buildings, we had the right people. And that is what parents wanted to see. They wanted to see that the people were invested in the lives of their young kids. And that is what really was the secret sauce for us, is that we could surround their kids with the right types of people who were authentic, who were passionate, who were full of integrity and had the capacity to teach sports and life lessons and family values. And that is what worked for us. And that is how we were able to build a continuous um, string of championship and championship moments. And it continues to this day. But as it relates to my greatest accomplishment, it is simply that, uh, a tree of successful people who believed in our vision and who understood that uh, this was not a job, Donald. It was a ministry. And uh, we uh, were able to have staff continuity. Uh, if you look at our website and find our, stu- our, our, our staff, our coaches come, they stay. They come from all around the country, come from great places. But it's something about what we do and how we do it that makes sure that these people come and stay and they invest their whole families into this great um, tapestry we call Bethune-Cookman. And that is how we were able to win uh, track championships with no track, uh, how we were able to win the basketball championships and how our coaches are able to leave here and get major jobs. Vanessa Blair Lewis leaves Bethune-Cookman and goes to George Mason and quadruples of salary. Ryan Ritter goes goes to Tennessee Martin and Marvell Melendez leaves and jumps three levels, you know, and because we are able to get great people who just happen to be phenomenal coaches too. Former Bethune-Cookman Athletics Director Lynn Thompson, who retired in July. Also in July, Bobby D. Bobby Dandridge joined us on the program finally inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. The Norfolk State alum came on Box to Row to talk about what it meant to him. Well, it it, it means a, a lot um, because it, it, it's just, uh, it just means a lot to be in uh, a category uh, where the top players in your sport or the top uh, people in your sport are held in such high esteem. And especially for a guy who probably never thought about the Hall of Fame until after I had left the NBA and that I began to see all these guys, uh, you know, being named to the Hall of Fame. And uh, I was wondering whether or not I had missed out on (laughs) on something, Um, especially when uh, 
you know, I felt that my achievements were as good as or no less than some individuals who were being selected. And, uh, you know, it's the wait um, has it's been a long wait, but it's not been a traumatic thing because I've grown in so many other ways and I've had enough other things to do and I've still been connected in some form or fashion with the NBA. Um, so it's, uh, the, the wait has been 30 some odd years, but, um, during that time, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've led a pretty good life. Uh, I've grown a lot as a human being. It's a certain amount of humility sets in and it just makes you appreciate your career. What I have achieved and the big thing for me now is that my family um, gets its rewards for supporting me over these years and also friends, family, fans, and everybody gets a chance to um, celebrate my influence uh, in the world of sports. In the month of August, a big month, Brad Holmes, graduate of North Carolina A&T, is the general manager of the Detroit Lions. Of course, we had Troy Weaver on, Bowie State alum, right, uh, of the Detroit Pistons. Well, Brad Holmes of the Lions, A&T grad, joined us on Box to Row to talk about really his career you know it, it does mean a lot you know just coming up um it is a sign of hope uh hopefully that I, I can provide others um I do know that coming up you know uh when I had aspirations of becoming a GM I've always said like I, I had a cut out of Ozzie Newsom you know hoisting up a Lombardi trophy and that that brought hope to me thinking that, you know, you see uh, another successful black man do that. And, you know, everything that my father taught me in terms of um, all the issues that he struggled with, you know, my, my father played for A&T and played for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, being in the NFL in the early 70s. And, you know, things dealing with race and stereotypes that he had to deal with that, um, that he taught me. And so then to become, you know, a, a proud HBCU alum, come from A&T and then make it to this level, that, that means a lot. And hopefully that, you know, we can do this thing the right way. Um, there's still more progress that needs to be done. Um, the numbers aren't nearly there where they shouldn't be yet. Um, but very, very happy to um, increase the numbers of GMs that hired. We had three this past year with, you know, Terry in Atlanta and Martin Mayhew uh, in Washington and myself. So progress is being made and hopefully we'll have more. Lastly, in the month of August, Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington football team, joined us on the program. And I know the Washington football team got absolutely embarrassed on Sunday night, crushed by the Dallas Cowboys. But Ron Rivera, I mean, had some great things to say. And we were glad to have Ron Rivera as a guest on Box to Row back in August. You were the right 
person that the Washington football team needed. So what made the, the head coach and other duties, which we'll talk about with you, uh, the Washington football team as its head coach, the right opportunity for you? You know, for me, Donald, it was about the fit. Um, I think it fit me because I, I love the fact that this is one of the oldest franchises in the NFL. You know, this started in 1932 at the beginning in the NFL. So that, that to me is very, very exciting. There's a tremendous amount of history and tradition attached with the Washington football team. Um, the fan base is tremendous. It really is. It's an unbelievable fan base. I can remember when, when I was a player, you know, way back in the days in the 80s, coming out here to play in, in a playoff game and then coming out and playing a regular season and, and feeling this, you know, old RFK shake, rattle, right. roll even. <laughs> right. uh, I mean, it, it was impressive. And I love the fan. I really did. I thought, God, what a great spot. So then, you know, when, when time came to, to start the interview process with, with Mr. Schneider, um, and one of the things that I had been studying has, had been his, 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 his roster. You know, I, I took a look at that roster and I looked at where they were and I looked at the potential for growth and the you know, things that they had. And, and, and I looked at some of these young guys and just thought, man, if these guys get an opportunity to mature together, we can keep a group like this and, and add on to it. We'll have a chance. And that's what really drew me to this. Plus, you know, Mr. Schneider had this idea of, of, of what he calls coach centric. And that's an approach where, you know, we're not going to put a general manager and a, and, a, and, a, and a football czar over the top of you. Okay, we're going to have these guys work with you, uh, work alongside, and do the things that you need to get done, get the players that you want to add on to, to, to your football team, to our football team. And so that's, that's what drew me to that was, you know, I, I was always going to get to make some decisions, that I was going to be responsible for helping to put this team together and get it going in the right direction. And then the other thing was he talked about wanting to change the culture. You know, culture has always been a big word for me. It was one of the things that we used when we were in Carolina that was talking about culture and, 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 and developing a culture. And so one of the things that I, I, I talked about was that I have this vision that I want to build a sustainable winning culture here. And to me, culture really is about doing things the right way, uh, following a, a, a certain set of core values and sticking to those core values. And then when things are good or things are bad, you live by those core values because that's what keeps you on the right path. And, and that's kind of how I felt. And Mr. Steiner believed it. He agreed with me. And so that is really what drew me here was the opportunity to coach for one of the oldest and most traditional franchises with a tremendous history, a great fan base, and potentially a good young roster with an owner that, that, that was willing to, to allow me some of the levity uh, that was needed to, 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 to do what I believe we, we can do here. So there you go. That wraps up the months of July and August still to come September through December here as Box to Rose 2021 year end review show rolls on. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Bubba Wallace. They feel like I'm throwing race into the context here. And it's not about race. He's a driver at the end of the day. Everybody's making it about race. It's all about the headlines these days. Not me saying like, yep, I'm the black guy here. You're going to stop hearing about me. It was more along the lines of the fans like, hey, it's cool. I've been dealing with that for, for a while now. 
He's Spike Lee. Thank you. I haven't heard that. I mean, I've been on radios all over the nation. Thank you for that question. I'm a third generation Morehouse man. I was taught to speak your truth and that there's very special about being a Morehouse man, the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Ron Rivera, you know, a great player. Did you see yourself as a coach? I've been told a lot of times by a lot of people, boy, you know, you're kind of like a coach on the field. I always felt at some point... Yeah, I'd probably get into coaching. It all started because of my son wanting to play football. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to <laughs> Man, you know what is good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. I'm talking about none other. In common. Well, I ended up at Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. Then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. Dave Roberts, manager of the LA Dodgers, to be person of color and be the manager of the Dodgers. What does that mean to you? Well, I think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility. With recency and, and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball to do things the right way, to hopefully give others, other people of color opportunities. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Omari Hartwick. And that's crazy that you said that. I got one of your colleagues and one of your contemporaries and that being Stephen A. He hit me about three weeks ago and he texted me and he said, oh, how did I miss this one? But it's equally been a beautiful thing for me to see how much you guys who work in sport are fans of me. But for you to like it as much as Stephen A. said he liked it and all within the last three weeks, you both are commenting on it. I'm in good company. We're, we're HBCU guys, you know. I know I'm in good well, company. Of course, bro. <laughs> Shout out to Howard University. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. She's Simone Biles. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, like, we're in the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body, and we hope that other young girls and women, like, feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. Called all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honest. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. Kyrie Irving. Playing at Duke for Coach K, what was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to the car and I was driving it in 
first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having the brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. The best and brightest of the sports world are with us every week from the press box to press row. But don't take our word for it. Sit back and enjoy more of our look on the air with Donald Ware. Back here on Box to Row and the month of October here on our 2021 year-end review show and had a chance, Bubba Wallace... I'd been he hadn't won a NASCAR Cup Series race throughout his career, not at the Cup Series level. And wouldn't you know it, in October, he won at Talladega and he came on Botch to Row to talk about it. Man, it's uh it's it's a dream come true. Uh finally, you know. I don't know why I waited so long. <laughs> um but no, I just uh just man, just proud of, of everybody. Uh happy for my team happy for my family uh, proud of myself you know that's the biggest thing gotta have some self-appreciation in there and, and uh, you know our, our partners involved uh, McDonald's you know Root, DoorDash, Columbia, uh, Dr. Pepper I mean it's 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 a win for everybody and that's what's so important that we were able to accomplish that as a team and it's a huge team effort everything we do week in and week out is all a team effort and so uh, just happy for them. Why was last year the right time for you to call upon NASCAR to ban the Confederate flag? Yeah, I, I, I had enough time to sit sit back and, and look from afar at what you know other people were saying that that wanted to be a part of our sport or that didn't want to be a part of our sport because of, of the Confederate flag, and it was like, okay, I got time today, and um, it's it's something that I took upon my shoulders to uh, to go out and, and make a make a deal about. And uh, hats off to NASCAR for for following suit and uh, realizing it, it as well to uh, to get it, the Confederate flag out of here to really show that hey, that's not what we're about. You know, we're way more than that. Let's let's give let's give the, the opportunity to uh, to show what we're about. Also, in the month of October, had a chance to catch up with Kentucky head football coach Mark Stoops and talk with him not only about the Kentucky program but also about his days coaching the late Sean Taylor at the U. You know, very blessed. I coached Sean his entire uh, college career. It was, a, it was a short three years, you know, because he was one of those guys that was special. He was able to uh, – you don't see it very often, but he was a five-semester guy. He was, you know, played there and left after his true junior year and was a, was a high pick, but – what I remember is it puts a smile on my face when I think about him because, uh, you know, much like a lot of the players I had at that point in time at Miami, uh, unbelievable competitor, but, but liked to be coached. You know, I think it's a challenge in this day and age, you know, at times with some people, you know, to be um, that caliber of an athlete, uh, but still be humble enough to take coaching, take the medicine, and that's really what I remember um, about the whole culture there at the time. But and, and in particular, Sean, because he was uh, 
he was a joy to coach, you know, and there were times he was so darn big. He used to wear this mask that covered his eyes. He looked like Darth Vader and he was, and he was so much taller than me. So I'd be chewing him out or getting on him. And then I'd have to go up to him and, and, and tilt his face mask up a little bit so I could see his eyes and, and underneath there, he'd be smiling, basically just kind of like laughing and having fun with me in a, in a, in a well, you know, basically like settle down there, little man. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it figured out, you know, and I'll get it corrected. But he was just like that. And that's what I remember. And that's what I loved about him. He just unbelievable competitor when he was on the field, extremely violent, uh, but also just like, you know, he enjoyed being coached. He, he was, a, he, he, he wanted to be great. Um, and, and I remember that off season after his rookie year, in Washington, and I and he came back in, during the off season, and and he said, "Coach, it's on. Like like I'm gonna be the greatest because I'm ready now." And he, uh, you know, he was still very young, but I could tell there was a switch going off in his head, and he wanted to dominate. He wanted to be the best ever. Probably wanted to compete with his his buddy and uh, and teammate Ed Reed to be the best of all time. And um, it's a shame he didn't get that opportunity to prove it for years to come because uh, it would have been a joy to watch him. Lastly, in October, caught up with Dino Babers, the head football coach at Syracuse, had a chance to talk with him not only about the Cuse program, but also got his thoughts on the partnership between the MEAC and Syracuse. I think it's I think it's cutting edge. I really do. I'm so excited that our young men and our young women in this program get an opportunity to mix it up with the HBCUs. Uh, one of my uh, head coaching stops was at Eastern Illinois University, and Tennessee State was actually in our conference. So we got to play uh, Tennessee State every year. You know, got an opportunity to go down to their campus and. And I've been on a couple of uh, HBCU's campuses, you know, Hampton, uh, Grambling, Florida A&M, Prairie View A&M. I've been on those campuses, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's awesome. An institution of higher learning and, and good football as well. So it's, it's one of the things that uh, I'm really proud of, and I think our guys are going to really get a blast out of it. So for you, I mean, you were, almost, you were an assistant coach for almost 30 years before you even got the opportunity at Eastern Illinois. We know that there are a lack of black head coaches uh, at the FBS level. Now, I, would, I, would, I mean, I don't know. It may, it, there may be more of a lack of black coaches at the FCS level, non-HBCU, than even uh, in FBS. You've gotten this opportunity. You did very well uh, at, at Bowling Green. Just want to kind of get your thoughts uh, on that in terms of, the the fact that it took you 30 years to get to even a head coaching position and now ultimately you are at Power 5 Syracuse. You know, I first of all it's it's God's will. I'm just uh, you know, I'm I'm lucky. I'm humbled by it. Uh I really do enjoy leading young men and and by no means am I perfect, but I try to, you know, I I try really hard to do things right and I try to make people better fathers, better sons, better husbands. The better than me. Don't be like me. Be better. And that's kind of like our our family cry. But when the Eastern Illinois thing, when I went out there, and uh, you know somebody came up and said, "Do you realize that you're the first black head coach uh, in the state of Illinois?" And I said, "That's not true," because I said Northwestern's had 
numerous black head coaches, and they said, oh, I meant that's not at a private institution. And I said, well, you need to check that. I said, because, you know, you got Division One, you got Division One AA, and, and they said, no, Coach, you're, you're the first one. And I said, that, uh, that can't be right. But that's what the guy wrote, that I was the first one in the state of Illinois ever. And the, my first response is, wow, that's not good. You know, that's not good, considering that was 2012. You know, that, that's, uh, that's really unfortunate. And I think, I think the more opportunities that people get, regardless of who they are, I think the more opportunities they're going to have with people to, to prove themselves and to maybe prove people that they're more than capable of, of doing that stuff. And all I want to do is not mess it up, and hopefully when I'm gone that I gave one or two other people an opportunity to do the things that I that I've done because I'm really I'm really blessed to be able to do these things and I, and by no means do I think I'm the smartest man in the world so um, there's more young people out there capable of doing the things that I've done and if I'm doing something to make it easier one step easier for them to follow then uh, uh, that's exciting for me. Syracuse head football coach Dino Babers. Let's take a look at the month of November. I had a chance to catch up with one of a great, as a matter of fact, great running back in the National Football League and at Ohio State, Eddie George, joined us in November here on Box to Row. Of course, now the head football coach at Tennessee State. We were glad to have Eddie George as a guest in November here on Box to Row. What do you remember most about playing uh, for the Tennessee Titans? To your point, you're still right there. Uh, in Nashville, some winning times, a trip to the Super Bowl, uh, and and then more specifically playing with Steve McNair. I I don't think about it as much as I used to. Uh, I'm in a new phase of my life. I'm mean, it's a big part of my life. Uh, fans still remember me. Um, I have the opportunity to play our home games in the stadium. So that brings some positive vibes. I feel comfortable being there. The place I haven't lost a lot of ball games as a player and now as a head coach. And that's something that I preach is that we defend our home. But certainly, the, you know, the Titan fan base has grown and is very supportive and uh, enthusiastic about the future of the Tennessee Titans. And to be a part of that, you know, regime and bringing football to Middle Tennessee and to see where it's grown. Uh, has, has been mar- remarkable, um, something that I'll never forget. So I guess I look at that part of my life in a, a different capacity, and, you know, there isn't a day that I don't go by when I don't think about Steve McNair. I mean, he, he's always, in my mind, he is he's still alive and just in another realm. You know, he's just not his physical presence in here, but his legacy, his spirit still lives on. Um, I was just watching him today, actually, I was showing our players uh, this clips of, of championships being won, and, and one of them was the Rams beating us in Super Bowl uh, 34 in 1999, 2000 season. And it was the last drive where Dyson is stretching out for the goal line, and they show the confetti in the sky, and uh, they show us on the, the, the downside of losing. My, my point was that you never know when you're going to get there, this is a special moment for us as a team. You got to take advantage of every moment. You can't assume that since you are in the position now that you'll be in the next year after you look around. Some of these guys won't even be in this in this room due to graduation, due to new opportunities, or whatever that may be. This is a special group, and I played with a special guy in a special group 
Lord knows times. And you've got to smell the roses and you've got to seize the day and seize the moment and uh, embrace and love on your, your teammates and, 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 and enjoy this together. That's, that, that was my point. And uh, for me, you know, Steve was everything. Yeah, man, that, that 2016 season, man, that team, man, that, that was a special that was a special group of guys right there, man. Uh, once again, very close with a lot of those guys to this day, man. We a lot, all keep in contact. Uh, but that season, man, we just – we had a lot of talent, man. Coach Five, we you know, he he had been there for a couple of years. So, you know, he had us guys as leaders, and we were used to how his structure went. And, you know, we were able to bring those young guys along with us. You know, we had guys like Chad Williams, uh, uh, Martez Carter, uh, Devontae Kincaid, you know, our whole starting line were juniors and seniors. So, you know, we had been around each other for a while, and uh, it was just special, man. You know, I, I think I, I when I look back on that season, the Texas Southern game sticks out to me because we were down, like, 28-0 at halftime or something like that. <laughs> like, we just rallied to come back and win that game and just like I think it was that game when we kind of all saw that we had a special group and you know went down and won the Bayou Classic and had that like you said that special game against North Carolina Central man and pulled it off couple of more thoughts with Trenton Scott of the Carolina Panthers the starting uh, right guard when you look around the National Football League man and you see players that have come from HBCUs uh, and that are playing well and are starting what goes through your mind? Uh, it's just it's just inspiration, man. It's just uh, I think all of us, you know, anybody you know from HBCU that's playing right now would tell you that, man. We just we just want to be the blueprint and show guys that you know all you know high school athletes that you know that is a path through the HBCU that uh, you know you can still make it and succeed, man. You know I know uh, that narrative gets that narrative gets kind of lost, you know, in the wash sometimes, but uh, you know being on this level. You know, I see that they're scouts all day. That that's their that's their job to go find talent, man. And they they're looking at the HBCUs right now. They're finding guys, finding diamonds in the rough. You see Darius Leonard, guys like that, that are just shining and being at the top of his position at that level. So we just want to be that blueprint, man, to show guys that it, you know it's still definitely possible to do it. Carolina Panthers offensive lineman, former Grambling star Trenton Scott. So that's gonna wrap it up for the months of October and November. Up next, we're going to take a listen back at the month of December, and we're shouting out our phenomenal affiliates that carry Box to Row each and every week. You've got the program locked in on Box to Row Radio and on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Hello, my name is Precious Rose Dunlap, and this is my mother, Michelle Timberlake Roll, founder of Marjorie's Beef Jerky Incorporated. We would at this time like to thank our new customers as well as our repeating customers for your business. For every one million orders that we receive, our company is giving two million dollars away to the bottom amongst 400 of our paid customers. You see, that's the way we roll! So come place an order at Marjorie's Beef Jerky! I'm on my own against the wall. Hey y'all, it is the EST of WWE. The strongest, the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best on Box to Row. Tune in if you want to catch the best BEST interview ever. We're back here on Box to Row 2021 year-end review show. We're going to pick things up 
in the month of December, just last week, Buddy Pugh, the head football coach at South Carolina State, joined us on the program to talk about the Bulldogs winning the Celebration Bowl and another Bulldogs HBCU National Championship. Carolina State, first time making it to the Celebration Bowl. You look at, you know, Deion Sanders, the the career that he had in the National Football League. It's its second season as the head football coach at Jackson State. A lot of the headlines were about uh, Deion Sanders and a lot less about you, quite frankly, with all that you've done as the head coach at South Carolina State. I mean, coming in, you know, does that kind of stuff, does that kind of stuff bother you a bit? <laughs> Not really. But what I what concerned us was the fact that we didn't feel like their team, you know, was was quite as respectful, you know, as we would have liked. And, you know, anytime you go into a game, you never know, you know, what even the teams that are lower level teams in our league, you know, we try to make sure that we always respectful to them because you never know when those guys are gonna muster up a good game and come out and beat you. The next thing is then you gotta figure out exactly how to explain to yourself why you let your guard down that way. I think that, you know, it would have been fun to uh to get to know their team better. Um, when you go into a game such as this, into a bowl game such as this, you know, you do get opportunities to have, you know, different occasions where you're in the same venue for, you know, banquets and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I would have liked to have known them better after we had gone through that week together. Right here, last week, Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joining us here on the program. Jimmy Allen, Delaware State alum Jimmy Allen, is becoming a big-time country music star and we had a chance to catch up with him on Box to Row back in December. Hornets! <laughs> you know what? And the Hornets didn't have a halfway. The Hornets didn't have a halfway bad season, man, in football. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's better than when it's better than it, but it's better than it's been. And Rod Milstead is there now. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot better now because when I was there, our football program was all right. But our basketball program was solid when I was in 04. You know, we went to the uh, to the um, uh, uh, went, went to the we won the MEAC right. and we went to the uh, NCAA tournament. NCAA tournament, yep. and I, and I almost almost gave uh, uh, who was it Duke or somebody almost gave him a problem. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you know, shout out to the Hornets. Yeah, no. I ain't grad. I didn't graduate. Hopefully, one day they'll give me like an honorary diploma <laughs> to make my mom proud. <laughs> Do you find it, do you find that, you know, I mean, in all walks of life, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, when your brother is, 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 is tough a, a lot of times, mm-hmm. do, do you, have you found that, you know, navigating country music has been tough for you because you're a brother? Oh, for sure. It's definitely been harder. You know what I mean? I, I um, early on, I found myself having to constantly prove how country I you know what I mean? Because you can, you know, you could take a, uh, you could take a white guy from New York City, right? Put a hat on him, put a cowboy hat on him, make him sing some country songs. No one will ever question how country he is. Mm. Take a black guy, he can wear a cowboy hat or not. Always got a question. So where where are you from? How country are you? So why do you like country music? It's like constantly explaining myself. So then I just stop. You know what I mean? And what I tell other black artists and I tell you know, female artists to go through the same thing. Look, life will always have obstacles. Just because it's harder for me 
doesn't mean that should affect the quality of music I put out. Doesn't mean that should affect my work ethic. Because what I've come to realize is it might be difficult, but you put out great music, you put on a kick-ass show, you connect with your fans, you're good to people, you'll get your opportunity. You know what I mean? And I, I've just accepted, you know, I've I've just accepted the fact that it's it's different. You know, it's definitely a harder uh, harder road. But I wouldn't change anything I've gone through. And that's fact. And finally, in December, joining us, as a matter of fact, last week on the program, South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh on the program talking about South Carolina State with its victory over Jackson State in winning another HBCU national championship. South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh. So that's going to wrap up our conversations, of course, want to run down all of the great affiliates around the country that carry box to row each and every week. Going to begin with WXVI in Montgomery, Alabama. Boy, WXVI has been carrying the program at least for nine years. Thank you to WXVI in Montgomery, Alabama. KUAP FM in Pine Bluff, Arkansas carries the program. Glad to have back on the air in Washington, D.C., in the DMV, on WHUR HD3 96.3, as well as WHBC. In Daytona Beach, Florida, WRWS carries the program. In Ormond Beach, it's W-E-L-E. And boy, I tell you what, W-E-L-E has been carrying the program going back all the way back to 2006, one of our oldest affiliates still carrying Box to Row. In Jacksonville, Florida, on Jack's Sports Radio, XL1010 and FM92.5, carrying the program to our friends in Tampa, Florida, on WURK-FM 96.3. Albany, Georgia, WASU-FM 92.7. Boy, WASU has been carrying the program probably about 11 or 12 years. ESPN Coastal carries the program. ESPN Coastal all over the place in Blackshear, Georgia, also in Brunswick, Georgia, as well as Savannah, Georgia, and... Uh, also in Hilton Head, South Carolina, in Alexandria, Louisiana, on KTTP Radio, Grambling, Louisiana, on KGRM-FM, also carrying the program in Ruston, Monroe, Louisiana, Sports Talk, FM 99.3, also in that area, KRUS FM 96. Point three carries the program in Etabena, Mississippi on WF. I mean, excuse me, WVSD FM carrying the program and in Jackson, Mississippi, WJSU and WJSU has been probably been carrying the program 10 or 11 years in Larman, Mississippi, WPRL carries the program in the Memphis area as well as holly springs mississippi that mississippi area the change 92.7 fm 
carries the program. In Kansas City, Missouri, KCPZ FM 96.3 carries the program each and every week. In Durham, North Carolina, Buzz Sports Radio carrying the program each week. In Elizabeth City, North Carolina, WRVS FM Boy's been carrying the program probably 12 years or so. It's got a big signal. Eastern North Carolina all the way to the Outer Banks up into the Tidewater area, Virginia Beach, and Norfolk State. Got a big following on that station. And thank you all for making Box to Row a part of your day each and every week. In Greenville, North Carolina, on WBIS-FM 106.9, the only original carrier of the program out of Raleigh, WAUG, known as Hot 97.9, FM carrying the program in Dayton, Ohio. WCSU FM carries the program out of Langston, Oklahoma. KALU FM carrying the program. Portland, Oregon. The Numbers FM 96.7. Thank you for making Box to Row a part of your day there in the Upper Northwest. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Power 1360. WGBN been carrying the program i know this since the first part the first saturday in february of 2008 wgbn's been carrying the program thank you wgbn in denmark south carolina wvcd 96.5 fm carries the program out of holly hill south carolina wjbs FM 96.1 carries the program. One of our newest affiliates getting big support. We've gotten a lot of support from Orangeburg, South Carolina over the years. And this year, ESPN Orangeburg 92.9 FM picked up the program. Thank you very much. Also in Nashville, Tennessee, carried by Radio Free Nashville, FM 107.1 and FM 103.7. One of our new affiliates out of Austin, Texas, KAZI, and we really appreciate you guys in Austin, Texas at KAZI. has been carrying the program not that long, but uh, our understanding is it's doing quite well there in Austin, Texas. The program is in Richmond, Virginia. ESPN Richmond 106.7 carries the program and you know so those are our uh, affiliates uh, from a terrestrial standpoint that carry the program got to give a shout out to our online carriers bronco i radio carries the program as well as big game christian sports network of course to our sirius xm channels big shots out to Sirius XM Channel 141. HR Voice has been carrying the program since late 2011. Ten years now on the air. Also to Sirius XM Channel 142, the HBCU channel, as well as ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM. Thank you all for making Box to Row a part of your day. That's going to wrap it up for our year-end review show And for more information on the program, you can log on to our website 
at BoxToRow.com. We've got some big things planned for 2022. And always remember to support those that support Yo, Box to Row is produced by DW Communications. Baby, bet, hey, Cobra X, hey, couple Grammys on him.